A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. If Pangea broke apart in like one yeah. move, just boom. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anybody noticed. Hey, I'm ready. Right foot back. <laughs> Begins with a U. It ends with an A. Has a meal dish up there. Monday Night Raw, number one. All right. Welcome, everyone, to the Cultaholic Classic Raw review. As the other Cultaholic lads feel the fallouts from the biggest pregnancy announcement since the last one. We are here via our Ica Pro Power DeLorean back in a year where indeed WWF is expecting. Expecting a massive downturn in business, expecting a long drought of any true wrestling talent and expecting smaller and smaller crowds to the point where performing in an empty performance center might be an option. And who be we? I be Fake Geordie, radio presenter without portfolio Tom Campbell. I am with the bear in the big blue bar cage, the head pen of Cultaholic. When he was told uh, that he was in the family way, he was begifted a pen, a pencil, as a baby shower gift. And, and he turned and said two things, Valerie. One, not even Pregananant. How dare you? And two, don't even need a pencil. I need a pen, because I get it right every time. He is Justin Henry, and he is going to be a mother. What the hell would your intro have been before the Becky Lynch announcement? Um, mate, I'd have struggled this week. Thank God Becky Lynch is in the family mm. way. <laughs> See? Why's the other cultaholic lads are stuck in the elevator for a half hour with Oscar? <laughs> I am here! Apparently, the apparently elevator... in Germany! <laughs> yes, um... <laughs> mein Fräulein Tom. <laughs> mate, I'm proud to be your Fräulein. How are you doing, mate? Um, as good as I can be. How about yourself? <laughs> oh, that's, considering the circumstances, you know what? We're doing all right. We're doing all right. I'm waiting for my fiber broadband to be switched on. That is the true highlight in the Campbell Cottage at the moment. Fiber broadband is coming. Mm. I'm so excited. Why don't you take your victories where you can get them at this point? Oh, mate, and it is a massive victory. Uh, we are not alone this week, you and I. We have... Uh, we have somebody else joining our family for the second time this week. We can reveal that a wrestling family is going from two to three. See what I did there. Yes, we are conducting a seance to contact whoever the hell put this show together. <laughs> because we assume that they are so gray and dead inside that they are no longer of this mortal coil. <laughs> well, no, actually, we are uh, we are joined by our very good friend, one of the, I should say, the premier cultaholic discord mod my good friend and yours miss sydney zumowitz hello 
Hello. You're right. I don't know how much I agree with that, Justin, but I appreciate it. <laughs> it's a promotion. Take it. <laughs> no, to be fair, of all the mods on the Cultaholic Discord, Sydney, you are indeed one of them. Yes, I am. I am she one is, of them. She is the Sydneyest. She is the I'm, most I'm Sydney. very. I'm, I'm, I'm the. I'm the very. I'm the very Sydneyest. The most Sydneyest of all the Midneyest. Uh, are you enjoying your time in lockdown? I understand you just bought a Switch. <laughs> I have had the Switch for quite a while now. Um, so, uh, oh. not just bought. Um, it's uh, when lockdown started, I just bought Animal Crossing. So, that's what I've been playing a lot of. But, um, but uh, I mean, I've been managing. I've had bad days. I've had good days. It's been very iffy. I've had med days, um, but I mean, more than anything, I just miss my friends up at college. That's about it. It's a weird old time, isn't it? Yeah. You kids and your Animal Crossing, I swear. <laughs> exactly. Here's the thing, right? Animal Crossing is out and everyone's going crazy about Animal Crossing. Justin, mate, I'm more excited about Total Extreme Warfare that comes out today. <laughs> oh, that's right. Um, you see... I- well, I'm sure many of you are excited about that. I stick with the old Extreme Warfare because I can't stand a game that doesn't have uh, regular dates on it. Like, Monday, first week. Wednesday, second week. It's like there's 28-day months, and that being very anal retentive like I am, that drives me insane. Well, they might have fixed it in this new one. You don't know. Well, you have to let me know then, because if I they will. do, I will drop whatever amount of money on it and play the hell out of it until it's kind of good. I can guarantee that we will all know at the same time, right? Because, just letting you know... I'm planning to do some live streams on the Cultaholic Twitch playing TEW 2020. Exciting! Well, that gives me an idea. Okay, you be Hunter, you build everyone up, and I'll call in as Vince. (laughs) And I'll I'll, I'll tell you who to bury and who to push. (laughs) In fact, I am considering doing something whereby um, we get people on from cultaholic and i've built my roster all nice and they come on and they book a show so and i can't have any say in how a show is booked you just book it the way you want it and if it means all my carefully built cards come crashing down then so be it i think there's some fun to be had in that how about we do circular booking where you pass off the you have like six six to eight people and then one guy books a show you pass off to the next guy who books a show say it comes back around to the first guy why are we doing a who ran over a doink angle? <laughs> <laughs> oh, good. My my idea stuck. That's fine. Um, for those who, who aren't aware of what we're talking about, uh, basically, uh, TEW, Total Extreme Warfare, is essentially the football manager of, of professional wrestling booking. So uh, it's, it's essentially going to be a live stream of admin. And I'm excited because I think I think I'm looking for stuff that helps me decompress at the end of a day. And I feel like just just dicking about on TEW with good company, I think will help me decompress. So come and join us for some admin. <laughs> yes, come watch me play a game where I that has no animation where I just book, <laughs> book wrestling matches. Yep, <laughs> exactly. What? You know what you're getting. <laughs> If you come along well, and you have a bad time, that's that's on you. Well, it's the same as watching Raw today, where you're just watching somebody 
you know, book a show into oblivion on his own whims. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, enough about our flights of fancy of booking. Uh, we're here to look at somebody else's flights of fancy of booking back in 1994, myself and Justin Henry, uh, for the last 70 plus weeks have been watching every episode of Monday Night Raw from the very beginning until the bitter end or my inevitable death this year. And uh, Justin, where and when are we for this week's episode? Well, it is a live show, finally. This aired on Monday, September 26, 1994. Live from the Utica Memorial Auditorium in Utica, New York. And I picked this show. Well, I knew we were going to have to sit on the show eventually again very soon. But I wanted to wait till we had a live show because I'm thinking, well, a live show to be fresh. They'll have, you know, they'll have be full of piss and vinegar. The both of a good effort. Whoo, I was sorely mistaken. <laughs> this truly doesn't feel like a live show full of piss and vinegar. Maybe piss. I I didn't even know it was live, so I thought it was taped. Now, by not knowing it was live, you could have said, I thought it was dead, and I would have said, you were absolutely right. <laughs> I didn't even know it was sick. But <laughs> anyway, before we get into the rigors of this week's episode of Monday Night Raw, just a little bit of a, a little bit of around the houses for the wrestling news for this week. Justin, Ric Flair is retiring. I know! What a sad end. Uh, WCW management have apparently decided to retire Ric Flair after the upcoming Halloween Havoc show. The decision was made to add a career versus career stipulation to Hulk Hogan versus Ric Flair. Two reasons why. Number one, uh, with Ric Flair as Booker, WCW felt as long as Ric Flair was an active wrestler, he would never move himself down the card. And two, uh, Flair's presence stands in the way of Hogan being universally accepted as a babyface, particularly in the old Mid-Atlantic Territory after the reaction in Roanoke where Hogan appeared on the screen and was booed out of the building to the point the promotion had to turn off the crowd noise. Well, that's the risk of bringing Hogan into a company that's predominantly been conditioned to, uh, or actually where it's fans are conditioned to, you know, not like him because he represents the other guys. I love how the fact that Hogan isn't getting over as the face they want them to is Ric Flair's fault. Here's a question, though. If that were to happen today, if Roman Reigns were to go to AEW at any point, how would the fans receive him there? Oh, Sid, as a resident AEW super fan, uh, what is your what is your what is your uh, the temperature gauge when it comes to Roman Reigns in AEW? I feel like if he just would go and be like the same person, probably wouldn't be accepted. Um, and I'm pretty sure majority of people, whether or not he changed, he like was himself or continued his like. Vince McMahon persona or whatever, um, or persona that Vince gave him, then I feel like people would still be like, well, he's the WWE guy. So I feel like it would be similar to AJ because AJ was the TNA guy until he came to WWE and won the, the, won the WWE championship and became one of the top guys. And I feel like if they kept him the same way where he's the big dog, ooh, ah, all that stuff, he probably wouldn't be accepted. 
But if he had a full-on switch around, like Moxley did, with like a whole new name, whole new persona, whole new I don't give a crap attitude, then maybe he'd be accepted. But even then, I don't know if he'd be accepted because he's Mr. WWE right now. So. Oh, I'd be all in on the large canine Joanna Hawaii <laughs> showing up at Daly's place. I think that would be a lovely time to be had by all involved. Uh, hey, I liked it. I liked it. It got over with me. I want them to, and I want him to have a big dog in AEW when that eventually happens. Um, hey, interestingly, it was a, it was a big, it was a big week for another big star in professional wrestling. We go to the other side of the world where Jushin Liger has suffered a badly broken leg. Uh, Liger was teaming with Ricky Chosu against uh, Kiji Muto and Wild Pegasus. Freak accident. As Liger whipped Muto into the ropes, leapfrogged him, Muto rolled under and came back with a savat kick. But the Liger's leg gave out on the landing, couldn't get up, and he rolled out of the ring from the kick. Do you remember this, Justin? He was out for a while after that, and as a result, like his super long junior heavyweight title ring had to come to an end. I can't, I can't remember who who, won, who filled the vacancy, but I knew Liger was he was Dunsky long term, almost a year, I think. And it kind of gives me pause because I just realized Benoit was present for both Liger's major injury and Sabu's major injury in just a few months stretch there. All this Sabu's he had a bigger part in. Gosh, if true, I, isn't it? Yeah, because that's how you're on the Crippler nickname was the Sabu incident. Oh, jeebus. Uh, if you want answering the question as to what became of the junior heavyweight title. Uh, so you're right. He was indeed out of action <clears throat> uh, this at this point in time. It was believed that Liger would be out for six months to a year, which is a massive blow uh, to New Japan. They announced on the 27th, so the day uh, after this episode of Raw, in Osaka, uh, that Liger's junior heavyweight title would be put at stake in a six-man one-night tournament, uh, which was won uh, by by uh, Nori Hanaga. Nori Hanaga. Uh, but it was a bit of a star-studded tournament. So you had uh, Hanaga, Hamada, Otani, Pegasus, El Samurai, and Black Tiger. Uh, Honaga seems to be the lesser of the stars amongst that. It's um, it's eerily similar, and I mean this with nothing but love, eerily similar to Otis winning money in the bank. You're comparing Nori Hanaga to Otis. Damn right I am. <laughs> so so is Pegasus um uh, I I almost said something innocently without realizing the implications and now I'm not going to say I was going to well, I was going to say would that make Pegasus Corbin and I realized Corbin threw two guys off a building and I'm like well, maybe I shouldn't I shouldn't say that <laughs> I, like, I, say I that. like that it crossed your mind though <laughs> yeah, it's uh I, I got very conscious there for a moment Pegasus has been wasted oh okay <laughs> we have to explain some some old New Japan stuff here. Black Tiger, I believe, was Eddie Guerrero, was it not? Yep, yep. And then I know Lionheart was Jericho. Uh, and also Super Liger, but we don't discuss Super Liger. So it's a bit star-studded, wasn't it? And it, so it was a surprise to see who actually won it when you consider the the players involved there. The GWF has officially shut. No. I know. I know. They were evicted. Uh, out of the uh, Dallas Sportatorium for being nearly uh, four months behind in paying rent. Not diet world class. Oh, diet world class is gone. 
and press F oh. in the chat for Diet World Class. But it's all right because from from the ashes comes a phoenix. We had a Herb Abrams show this week. Yes, we did. <laughs> Now, Sid, fact, you and uh, your your age group, <laughs> you and your ilk. Uh, as oh, in, no, no. Oh, no, I watched, I watched Dark Side of the Ring with Justin. Oh, fair enough. But you are now aware of the, the legend, the enigma that is Herb Abrams, aren't you? Yes, I am. <laughs> <laughs> the walking riddle box that is Herb Abrams. <laughs> So let me just make sure I've got this right. Um, he he died covered in Vaseline on a coke trip, surrounded by prostitutes. Yes. Well, what a guy. While chasing, while chasing the prostitutes with a baseball bat. Of course. Oh, sorry. How did I forget the baseball bat caveat? <laughs> what what a what an individual. Um. Anyway, uh, Herb Abrams. My aunt went the same way. <laughs> Do you know what? We all want to go that way. Uh, Herb Abrams. <laughs> Uh, put on a show this week uh, in Las Vegas on the 23rd of September. He sure did. <laughs> My God. Uh, Herb Abrams. Uh, this, this show. You're familiar with this show, aren't you, Justin? As a matter of fact, I watched it earlier on Sunday. Oh! On YouTube. Do you want to talk us through it, or shall I go and run down the card and you can just chime in? Um, if you want to. But I, I will say I was very happy that the person who uploaded the YouTube was from the Philadelphia area. Because we got, we got a bunch of ads for Sports Channel Philadelphia, and I was feeling all nostalgic. Oh, nice. Thank you to whoever did that. You are the kindest of souls. Um, so this show, by the way, was supposed to feature Bruno Sammartino, uh, but couldn't make it because he was being honored by the Italian-American Society of Pittsburgh, California. Uh, apparently. Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. Oh, Pennsylvania, sorry. Uh, my apologies. Which, which, by the way, that is kayfabe, by the way. <laughs> See, the actual reason... Is it Bruno Sammartino wanted nothing more to do with this asshole? <laughs> so that's just it. He just went, nah, mate, you're fine. Um, Jim Duggan and Hercules Hernandez were meant to be there, but they weren't because of reasons. Um, the the show itself, wow. Okay. Uh, Dan Spivey beats Johnny Ace for the America's title. So in other words, Waylon Mercy beat the guy who beat John Cena in the main event of Over the Limit 2012. <laughs> you and Over the Limit. Um, Jack Armstrong beat Mondo Guerrero for the junior heavyweight title. Fun fact about that match. If Brian Zane pointed this out in his um, Wrestling with a Re- Wrestling with a Regret review of UWF in general, Mondo Guerrero, they gave him the theme song Taco Grande by Weird Al. <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> uh sunny beach <laughs> i don't remember sunny beach but, uh, he was on dark side of the ring as one of the talking heads amazing so i've not seen that herb abrams one yet so i'm cool with that sunny beach beat dr feelgood uh, al burke for the tv title dr feelgood was about six foot seven and looked like a um just your typical roughneck heel so i don't know why he's being named for a motley crew song <laughs> Uh, have you noticed they're all title matches at the moment? <laughs> uh, yeah, there's a lot of belts in the show. A lot, a lot of belts. Uh, Bob Orton and Finnish Hellraiser Thor. It was uh, our boy Ludwig Borger. Getting him on. Went to a double DQ. Uh, Orton bleeding in this match as well. It was uh, it was quite the sight. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, 
Wait, Bob Orton bled in the match? Yep. <laughs> oh dear lord. Mm-hmm. Let's not um let's not talk about that. Candy Divine beat Tina Moretti, former Glow Girl and future Ivory in the worst is... match of the night. Ivory was the only person who actually seemed happy to be there. <laughs> Brian Blair and Jumpin' Jim Brunzel uh, defeated the Warlord and Power Warrior. Gee, why wasn't Barbarian there? Oh, wait, I think I might have an idea. Oh, yes. that's That ties in nicely. More on that later. Uh, they were called the Powers of Pain. Brian, Bl- Brian Blair actually had the best epitaph for Herb Abrams on that dark side of the ring. Reminder. Which was, he died doing what he loved. Cocaine and hookers. <laughs> said, said, said deadpan with the utmost seriousness. I mean, he's not wrong. he's right, really. He's not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> um, Cactus Jack and Jimmy Snooker went to a double count out in a lumberjack match. Yeah. <laughs> one of my favorite finishes ever because, as fully described in his book, he was supposed to go over Snooker. But he didn't feel right going over his idol, so he improvised a double count out finish. And as they're brawling into the crowd of about 400 people in the 1,700-seat arena, Brian Blair yells at him, what are you doing? Because we're, we're doing a double count out. Blair says, Spurs like laughing at him. He goes, like, in a lumberjack match. And his cat is uh, snuck into the void. He yells, it's Herb Show. We can do anything. <laughs> It was, a, it was a nice tour of, of all the empty seats, by the way, if you ever get a chance to look at it. Oh, I will. And uh, in the main event, Steve Williams uh, beat Sid Vicious via DQ. Uh, the refs, uh, the ref actually counted three, but uh, the interference was late. They pretended the interference cost him the match anyway. Just a, just a hot mess of a show. You actually skipped three matches in the middle. I'm guessing Dave must not have known about them. Oh. One of them was, was Wild Thing Steve Ray. Not Stevie Ray, but Steve Ray. Losing to Tyler Maine, who is a former who is a former star from WCW known as Big Sky, and the future Michael Myers in the Rob Zombie Halloween movies. Oh, and and also Sabretooth in the X Men movies. Nice, good shout. So, second biggest star on the show behind Foley. Uh, Dave didn't see that one, uh, nor did many others. Uh, the show was a disaster. Drawing, um, okay. Actually, you know what? Let's get some over-unders. Because, uh, Justin, I know you've seen it. Uh, Sid, I know you haven't. But just for fun, uh, 17,000-seat arena. How many people paid for tickets? Nearest answer wins. Sid. Oh, my goodness. I mentioned it on the thing, but I cannot remember for the life of me. I think it was like, oh, wasn't it like, 900 or something like that 400 i'll say um it was 600 total 228 paid <laughs> holy crap i've been to czw shows that have had more paid i've been to i've been to starbucks with more people in well that's a fire hazard you don't want to do that <laughs> not anymore obviously because of social distancing uh but right. the, the sad thing about this show is that well, there's, there's a lot to be sad about. But it wasn't without oh, sure. publicity. Like, because Steve Williams was on The Tonight Show with Jay Leno, uh, publicizing this. 
Yeah, the UWF. He was? Tonight. Yeah. According to Dave, Steve Williams was on the Tonight Show with Jay Leno. I refuse to believe this. <laughs> this is what I've been. This is what Dave says. Well, I got to say, if you owe it to yourself to watch the Dark Side of the Ring because it is alternately horrifying and hilarious at the same time, and for the most part, it's just galling. It's absolutely galling. And and Herb's performance on this show. Uh, now, I don't want to cast aspersions on the man. But this man was clearly coked up throughout the entire night. <laughs> oh, his just his bin. <laughs> you forgot to mention your other favorite line from the uh, from the documentary. Which one was that? Oh, oh wait, Are wait, you kidding this, me? Oh, was this one where he he yelled at the crowd? Yes. Okay. Um. Now this part was not on the on the YouTube version of, of the show. So this must have been off camera, and I was very saddened by it. But according to uh. The company's GM on on Dark Side of the Ring. Herb had the microphone, which is yelling stuff at the crowd before the show. And at one point, he yells, "Let's hear it for the Jews!" <laughs> Why? I, I I have I, never heard Justin laugh so much. <laughs> I mean, I mean, come on. <laughs> Even Vince couldn't could, could, could come up with something you know, you know that off the cuff and silly. I don't I mean, I mean, I mean, the Jewish people are good people, are fine people, and they deserve much praise, but come on now. He's yelling at a wrestling show in front of 600 people. <laughs> was there any context to it? Or was it just like, I just thought, like, in the same way they go, all the men give me a cheer, all the women give me a cheer, all the Jews give me a cheer. Uh, I think he was just um, completely out of it because he would do post-match interviews with Blackjack Mulligan next to him for some reason. Who like who added nothing to the show the entire night? He was just standing there in, like, his, in his cowboy hat and like a vest and it's like okay and he's just like like what do you think? What are you, you going to do now? You cheater, Dad Spidey! And just he's completely out of it. <laughs> it's amazing. Jeez, oh man! I'm amazed. I'm amazed his heart didn't explode on camera. <laughs> that is something else. So that that gives us a little tour around the houses of this particular uh, time period in 1994. Let's go to Justin Henry now. Uh, myself and Sydney will chuckle and guffaw our way through this week's episode of Monday Night Raw. Chuckle and guffaw. Chuckle and guffaw. <laughs> I will say Blackjack Raw was much more interesting than this show. <laughs> we should have just watched like, that, shouldn't we? At least, that had, at least that had stuff to make fun of. This show was just... It was bleh. Although I do appreciate the no, fact I... that... The, I appreciate the fact that the still photo for this show was Undertaker making cornet face. <laughs> it was, wasn't it? I nearly well, bathed in purple light. I nearly used that as the uh, the graphic for the the thumbnail for the podcast, but then something else happened later on, and I went, "Nah, it has to be that." It, it was like the it's like the mold for a WF blow up doll or something. It was really unsettling looking. It's very unsettling, mate. And he so was so tonight. monotone. Well, that, that's Taker. He's he wasn't human yet. He was still he was still zombie mortician Undertaker. But we're getting there. Mm. So so tonight it's the Tonka versus Razor for the Intercontinental Title, which is interesting because Tommy, you overcall on last week's show when they were hyping up this week's show with the dun 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 um you know little insert. Mm-hmm. He said the Tonka would be in action which made it sound like he was going to have a jobber match against some local yokel. Instead, he's facing Razor for the Intercontinental Belt, which they did not advertise. 
At this point, we are truly in the midst of the booking on a cocktail napkin portion of wrestling. <laughs> With the Tonka versus Razor Ramon, all of a sudden now an Intercontinental title match because this show did not have a hook to it. Now it almost does. But this is like an old, this is something that WWE have a habit of doing even to this day. Where you will get on the day of a show going, oh, by the way, uh, title's on the line. <laughs> that was like hell in a cell last year when uh, we knew two matches going into the show and all of a sudden, hey, AJ Styles, New Man Six Man Tag, how about that? And oh, yeah. It's like five o'clock Sunday. Jeez, that was terrible. That was bad times. Halcyon days compared to what we have now. <laughs> no. Well, yes. There was crowds and stuff there. I mean, they were angry crowds, but they were crowds. Mm-hmm. So we, we go to the intro of Vincent Savage ringside. In a direct parallel to wrestling today, Vince gestures to the Spanish announcers, and instead of showing what he's talking about, Kevin Dunn pans the crowd for crowd shots. <laughs> Apparently this has been an issue for 25 years. <laughs> it At really least. has. And Kevin Dunn is not good at TV. Bless him. Savage makes a few OJ trial references just to really date this one, because that was just getting underway. I like it when he drops something like that in, which, as you say, just perfectly time stamps this one. Incidentally, uh, we won't be seeing Jim Ross on WWE for a little while, uh, as he's officially replaced Bob Coddle uh, in Smoky Mountain Wrestling. Yes, he'll be down there for a little bit before he's called back to work in the office in WWF, and migrates back to TV again. In fact, him and Michael Hayes were the last commentators ever on Wrestling Challenge, which which ends about a year from now on here. Aww. So, <laughs> I'm just pro- we start I'm over here with the Wrestling F for Wrestling Challenge. Hang on. There we go. You've never even seen Wrestling Challenge. Oh, how dare you, sir? I grew up on Wrestling Challenge. How dare you, sir? <laughs> okay, name three things that happened on Wrestling Challenge. Wrestling. And That's challenges. One. There were occasional challenges. <laughs> Sometimes there was um, a chat show. Which one? Wrestling challenge. <laughs> <laughs> the barbershop. Yeah, you tried. Barbershop. That, that is correct. Give him a little kick through the thing. That did happen when... Uh, Sean kicked Marty and threw him through the window. No, I'm sorry. Marty tried to die through the window to escape. Rick Ma- yes. Coward. <laughs> Rick Martell. That... Did a, Why would he do? Did a blind of a, of a Jake? Man. Robert. It might have been super... Blinded Robert. Are you on, are you on Wikipedia? <laughs> no. I'm just I'm listening off the top of my head. Blinded a Robert. <laughs> With the old spray. And... Um... Did you see... Did you say he blinded a robber? Blinded a robber with the old with the old smelly spray. He blinded Jake. <laughs> he blinded Jake Roberts, not a blinded Jake, a robber. Jake broke into his house. <laughs> and and on wrestling challenge. And oh yeah, 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 come on. Headline. Go for John, it. John, could you do your depiction of Jake Roberts breaking Rick Martell's house and Martell blinding him with mace? <laughs> Thanks. Also, anyway, go on. Also, also, shush. Also, um, Hulk and. And Randy had a had a sad time. Who the hell's Hawken? Hawken, Hulk, and Randy. Hulk. Is it like half Hulk, half Vulcan? Vulcan, Randy. <laughs> Vulcan, Randy. Live, live had long a and bad pro- time. Live long and uh, prosper, brother. Wife, his wife was uh, upset. <laughs> 
she had a little a little cry and he was like oh don't cry and he was like oh get her off her let's have a match that happened snake burgers okay, okay I'm going to quiz you now <laughs> yeah. who is the who is the wrestler <laughs> who, who's Whose neck the berserker accidentally broke with a stuffed pile driver on challenge? The neck there. It was. Um. John Robert Thompson Smith Jones. Trick question. Trick question. That never happened. Anyway. I was going to say the Yeti. Yeti didn't happen. God, Sydney. Yeti didn't happen on challenge. God, <laughs> even I know no, that. Could... Vulcan Hogan had a, it... had a cry over a woman. If if Berserker and Yeti had a match on Challenge, then would have canceled the show. <laughs> Zeus. So Zeus, Razor Ramon Zeus versus Tatanka. We're past that now. Ted DiBiase kicked a boy. Tom's not past it yet. Tom. Ted DiBiase kicked a boy. Um, kick the basketball. You didn't kick the boy. <laughs> kick the boy in the head. Virgil yes, said. Get a buzz. Virgil said. Wait, was... Virgil said, "Stop it, Ted. Let me have your belt." <laughs> was there a basketball match on it? Like how Raw was? Yeah. Like what? Profits won. No, no, no. It was. It was a famous bit where Ted DiBiase said he would give someone in the crowd like three hundred dollars if they could dribble a basketball fifteen times. So he brought this little kid up. Kid is obviously a plant in real life. Kid in the head. It's like a little like seven year old kid. Shut up, Tom. The kid dribbles <laughs> and DBS is counting one. So he gets like 14 and DBS kicks it away from him after the 14th one. Says, oh, you don't get the money then. Wow. Total, total dick move. It was hilarious. I'm glad you laughed at it. <laughs> it, was, it was funny. <laughs> that kid was probably traumatized. No, well, no kid, he was. He was a plant who knew ahead of time. Just in because fact, he was a plant doesn't mean that he would be like, no, no, oh, no. he's going to kick it right at 14. <laughs> Years later, that that kid was working at a car rental center and met DiBiase again and told him I was the kid from that segment. And they got a photo together. Oh. It's pretty cool, actually. I love stuff like Things that. end up good. You know what's not cool? This match. Yes. Razor Ramon versus the Tonka for the Intercontinental title. And it was basically a house show match with a camera on it. <laughs> basically. I think when Tatanka turned heel, he, he, he vowed to never have an interesting match ever again. He really did. It was this now from the very from the very off, they missed a great trick with Tatanka. Because he had the same music, same hook, uh, but just walked slowly and and surly. The trick is, when you turn someone heel and they've got upbeat music, you either change the music or you slow the music down. Mm-hmm. This music slowed now, down would have been ace. Now, eventually, they will change the music to... Um, it starts out with the war cry, but then it goes into DiBiase's theme. But they didn't do that yet. It's still, it's still the upbeat sort of... I can't call it like a war dance song, because it's just like upbeat rock music with... um. Uh, like like hard drum beats, but it's uh yeah he's just he's wearing darker tights now, so he's a heel, but we haven't really changed his aesthetic much. What I do like is how by having this match, regardless of a lack of promotion for it, it suggests in storyline world that if you align yourself with Ted DiBiase, it pays dividends. 
because now you're uh, now you're fighting for the belt. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's um, although this match is basically going to be a wash, they are trying to get over the fact that DiBiase is your golden ticket for bigger days. Although, spoiler alert, I don't think anybody in this group ever won a belt under the tutelage of Teddy Biasi. Really? Well, other than other than Olsen bringing back the million dollar belt, no. I assumed at least somebody had won one. <laughs> nope. Oh, that's a shame for everybody involved. This is the worst stable ever, <laughs> not counting the not counting the resurrection of the first family in 1999 WCW. It really is a stable of, like, misfit toys, as we will learn. Like, Ted DiBiase, he's the million-dollar man. He could have bought so many people, and he just bought, like, the dregs of the wrestling industry. Well, he had to be cheap. <laughs> is, well, <laughs> is that, what, is that the payoff for this? All that, he's just, like, he's just a he's cheapskate. He's got to keep all, them, all his own money. He's got to keep all his own money, so he's like, okay, i got to buy the people that cost the less. Okay, we'll get this guy, we'll get this guy, and look, I still have millions of dollars. <laughs> she wasn't even alive at this point, yet she understands the angle. John, John, can you can you do Ted DiBiase coming out of Poundland? Or a dollar store for our American friends, either or. Oh, okay, okay, I was so confused. Sorry, Poundland is basically the dollar store in the UK. Okay, I I was thinking something way different. Oh, whoa! Do- what? Um, <laughs> well, he comes out of there too because um, you know, that's where, that's where all his money went. <laughs> Phil, Phil. That's why he's forcing retirement early. <laughs> anyway, I'm sorry. Shocking behavior. So Razor's Pyro botches, which is a good sign for how the show is going to go. Half, half, <laughs> half, half of the ground level lawn sprinkler Pyro doesn't go off. <laughs> half-hearted and half-witted. Yeah, it's like the Orange Cassidy of Pyro. <laughs> he should have like sparkers when he comes out Orange Cassidy. Oh, or little spooters, little, <laughs> little, little non-fireworks. <laughs> yeah, like a little, um, like Roman candle or something. <laughs> yes. I can't Well, wait. they did the little steam. Do they? <laughs> yeah. See, I'm, I'm so sad. I, I don't think, get to watch as much AEW as I'd like to. And I miss a lot of Orange Cassidy I th- stuff. I think it was All Out. I can't remember. I know it was a show I was at where they had him come out. He put up the thumbs. And then there was just a little smoke. That was <laughs> Revolution, I think. Oh, yeah. It was Revolution. My bad. Mm. Yeah. Because he was facing Pac, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So... They had him come out, and he did the little thumbs-up thing, and the best friends were right behind him. And then it was just like, poof, like tiny little <laughs> tiny little smoke instead of, like, huge fireworks. And I think they did, like, one little spark or something, or, like, a small flame, but that was about it. See? So, this match. <laughs> well, on the plus side... Tatanka does wrestle like a heel. Like a very boring yep. heel, but a heel nonetheless. The match started out fine with some hard strikes. Razor gets a legitimate hip toss, meaning he puts his hip in the guy's abdomen and uses that as the fulcrum for which to flip him over. Rather than just, here, I hook your arm, now you do the flip. <laughs> so Razor, afterwards, Razor starts working the arm and working the arm. And this goes on for about uh, three minutes. This really is a house show match. 
as in we're not really going full gore here. We get a sequence where Razor tries to win via countout several times by knocking the Tonga to the floor and keeping him from re-entering, which is mild strategy on Tecmo World Wrestling. In order to win matches quickly. <laughs> Katanka takes over with a series of slams. We're informed that money can't buy championships in this company. Even though DiBiase bought the 24-7 title 25 years later from Medusa. And he nearly bought the WWE title. On Wrestling Ted Challenge. He... That was the main event. It was the main event of Wrestling Challenge. Well, you knock it off. (laughs) (laughs) But the point is, Tatanka hooks an abdominal stretch, because apparently IRS is his training partner now, both being in the corporation. I actually wrote, this match is slow, so I wouldn't forget. (laughs) It does feel like Tatanka's been to a training lesson with the Million Dollar Corporation, where they've gone, all right, now you're one of us. Here's how you wrestle. Okay, slowly. And when you get near a rope, do an abdominal stretch and grab the rope. That is the rule. (laughs) That is the hard and fast rule. As a conglomerate, as a corporation, we need to make sure that everything feels the same all down the board. So therefore, if we can all do this abdominal stretch by holding the ropes, that'd be grand. Yes, they're all the blanks from World's End. (laughs) And Razor is Gary King. <laughs> so, uh, Razor reverses into his own abdominal stretch because that's our hope spot, apparently. Dibiase gets involved, Razor goes after him, Tatanka sneaks up on him at ringside. Then Luger runs out in a modified hospital gown. <laughs> My, yeah, what was he wearing here? What was this? I just said a modified of? hospital gown. <laughs> it did look like. Just listlessly wandering out 400 hours into this match. <laughs> he runs, I don't know what you, how you would describe this shirt other than what I just described it as. So Luger runs out, Bigelow jumps him. And the first thing I thought of, remember when Luger tried to save the Tonka from Yokozuna like a year before this? And the, and the Quebecers jumped him in the aisle immediately like, while he was making the save? Mm-hmm. Luger, can't, Luger can't make saves. Someone always attacks him. It's like groundskeeper Willie in that one, in that one um, treehouse of horror. I'm coming to save you, boy! And someone hits him in the back with an axe. <laughs> That's basically I'm coming to save you! <laughs> yes, grounds, groundskeeper Luger. John. Hey, yes, John, John! That's an easy one. But don't be reading my thoughts between four and five! Because that's Luger's time! <laughs> Grease anyway. me up! <laughs> There's an erring animal alive that's willing to sell for a, for a greased up Luger. <laughs> Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. 
United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> now I want Luger teaching teach French. Bonjour. <laughs> anyway, before I get, I go off on a groundskeeper Luger tangent. So Bigelow jumps Luger because Luger's useless. There was a big brawl in the aisle at the time. I forget he's in the title match. Runs up to beat up Luger because Luger's so beat upable. Razor beats the count back in and wins. Razor rather win the match first before going to save Luger because the hell with Luger. That was your match. It took, that was over 10 minutes of that. What we just described was it. It felt like longer. It felt like it felt like about sixteen minutes, if maybe twenty six minutes. Yes, it was. It was not good. Wait, so he won by count out, not not uh, Tatanka got disqualified because I thought he got disqualified, and I was really confused by that. Well, it's funny you note that, Sid, because we come back from commercial break, and we have a two shot of Vince and Savage at the table, and Vince has to tell us what the finish was. Because it was so ambiguous on TV. Oh. You might not have heard. Well, you might have tuned out when Vince came on, which I, I can't blame you for that. Because Vince is usually talking about, you know, Luger's muscles or something. or, or Talking about or Savage going to be the quarterback on the Cardinals. I'm never getting over that. Oh, we're getting to that part. That bizarre tangent. Okay, but so Vince has to come on and tell us what happened, even though we just saw it. Because it, it may not have been clear enough. We're off to a rip run start on this show. We go from uh, bluster to eeriness because we're plugging the heart attack tour. And Vince asked Savage when was the last time he had his heart checked, which is – um, yeah, I, I made that sound when uh, – at that point I went because in 17 years it doesn't end well for Macho. Yikes. Yeah, um – so now we have Bearer plugging the Heart Attack Tour, which is um, almost as ironic, <laughs> or coincid- really coincidental, I should say. Jeez. Mm-hmm. He's in the... Can people who had heart attacks and such stop plugging the Heart Attack Tour? Exactly. Like, call it something else. Call it the Massive Coronary Tour. We don't do that. <laughs> Can you call it the Getting Thrown Off the Roof of WWE HQ Tour? <laughs> Let's see. What does no one dive anymore? <laughs> Let's have the Tuberculosis Tour. <laughs> It's the it's the whooping cough tour. <laughs> it's no the coronavirus. Ah, it's too soon. <laughs> my boy, my boy. Welcome, welcome he has been cur- treated awfully. Wait, who's been treated awfully? My boy. You know who I'm talking about. <laughs> what are you talking about? Talking about Mysterio. First, he oh. was thrown off, almost oh. killed. And then he was almost killed by Seth by gouging his eyes out. Like what? Yeah, which, 
When you were saying my boy, yeah, you sounded like Robert Pattinson's dad in Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. My boy! <laughs> my boy! I'm just sad. Oh, they treat yeah. him so poorly. Well, he... He, he also got choked out by Shayna. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, even better. better. <laughs> he had a rough week, uh, apparently, he's right? Off a- he's off to AEW soon, anyway. It's fine. <laughs> Just one time, I was wishing when he feuded with Eddie Guerrero that when Eddie would make his entrance first and drive the car out, and he would park it over Ray's trap door so that Ray would try to do the entrance and hit his head on the underside of the car. Why are you so mean? Because <laughs> that would have been the funniest thing ever. And and, Eddie, and Eddie gives his sly smile to the camera like that little, did I do that, look on his face. Who's that Puts his finger on his lips. Bo- Put his fingers under his lips. Oops. <laughs> best, best rib ever. So totally seriously hurts. Well, yeah. I mean, but I mean, sometimes someone has to get hurt for the sake of a rib. You gotta, gotta understand. I don't so know Barry, WWE ribs as well. So, Mr. Fuji's done much worse. Anyway, Bear's <laughs> plugging the heart attack tour. He's in a boiler room with Undertaker. Apparently, they're in Mankind's Den. Even though Mankind's not here yet, he was just working Blackjack Brawl with Slicker. <laughs> it's a high value show. About we can do it. Go ahead. <laughs> it's our boiler room. Herb got it for us. Herb's over in the corner covered in baby oil. What Where's anyway? my paycheck? Well, I dropped it. He dropped it to the floor, and all of a sudden it bounced up, hit the ceiling. Boing, <laughs> oing, 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 oing. <laughs> Makes that noise when you go to the bank. <laughs> so Taker says Yokozuna's name. Yokozuna. He says it like that, which is kind of funny because it's Taker saying it. He says he's going to search for Yoko's soul. <laughs> Are we going to get Leslie Apparently, Nielsen back in for this? <laughs> God, God, I hope not. Because apparently Taker can't just say, I'm going to beat your fat ass because you can't talk about violence on the show anymore. Now he's going to search for his soul, which is slang for I'm going to beat your fat ass. It's also spooky. It is also spooky. Yes, it is mystical. And then Paul Bear, in the one great moment from this show, points at the casket in front of him and shakes like he's like like he's a friggin family guy monkey. (laughs) He lives in Chris. He lives in Chris's closet. He's just doing the finger point with his teeth gnashing. I love that. Very animated Paul Bearer. Paul Bearer is always animated. He's he's a pro. So it's during this match that Sid completely lost faith in this show. Oh yeah. Quang versus our old friend Ramblin' Rich Myers. Myers' mullet game is on point as always. He gets a great head scissors in this match, Myers. Where he's he's suspended for a long time, legs around poor Savio's head, using his hands to kind of hoist him. Kind of bounce himself, and all of a sudden he just spins Quang over into the head scissor. Got a pretty good pop for it, too. He floated on that move. And then, for some reason, Vince McMahon decides to make a bad NFL trade joke in which Randy Savage ends up as a quarterback for the Arizona Cardinals. Phil Simms joins commentary on Monday Night Raw as a former Giants quarterback turn announcer. And ESPN gets the Bushwhackers. Now, I'm sure when this was first floated as an idea for what to say on the show, it sounded semi-amusing. 
Possibly. Possibly not. All I know is it was not funny in execution. I honestly didn't think it was a joke. I thought they were saying, oh, yeah, they're going to be on ESPN or something. That's what I thought. And that was why I was so confused. And then when it was like, oh, it was actually a joke, I was like, well, it wasn't funny. (laughs) Well, Sid, you see, on the very first episode of this show, as Tom might remember, at the very end of the show, Vince promoted on next week's Raw that we're going to see Woody Allen wrestle his wife Mia, soon to be ex-wife Mia Farrow in a steel cage match, and he had a graphic up for it. Because they're desperate for media attention. And they wow. cling to pop, and they cling to pop culture like a friggin' octopus. That's still the case. <laughs> well, yes, that's always been their MO. And all I can no think is to me. And all I can think is of a, is, is if Savage gonna be the quarterback for the Cardinals, he'd probably just sit on the bench all season instead of being, you know, being in the game, which is would parallel this. Yeah. Myers misses a springboard dive. Quang finishes with a great spinning heel kick, and that's your match. Simple, simple, simple. Nice to see Rich Myers getting a little lick in, as we've said, but uh, they seem to like Quang at the moment because this is they, they, they're using him quite a bit. Like he lost to the Undertaker, and they've almost immediately put him back on Raw and given him another match. They're obviously quite high on him at the moment. Yeah, they're reheating him because Quang or Sabio Vega, whichever, is a sturdy, reliable guy. Not the most exciting guy necessarily, but reliable, works hard, and you can put him with anyone and have a, an enjoyable enough TV match. Nothing wrong with that. And Ramblin' Rich, of course, has connections here because his father, I'm not sure if you remember this, Tom, is Georgie Animal Steel. Ah, I did not know that. Neither did be- I. And George Hamill still is going to be in a movie that comes out the following week. Do you know the movie, Tom? Oh, the movie, the, the movie with George the Animal stealing from '94. Yes, he has a he has a supporting role. It's a black and white movie, and it's one of the most underrated comedies of all time. Is it a Woody Allen? Is it a Woody Allen one? It has the word wood in it. Oh, it's bloody Edward in it. He's in Edward. Yes, it is. Oh, of course he is. Of course he is. Yes, he plays Tor Johnson. Oh, God. Oh, I'm excited. The story of Edward. <laughs> like the, the, he was he was Tommy Wiseau before Tommy Wiseau was Tommy Wiseau. Is oh, that absolutely. what I'm thinking it is? Yes, the one with Martin Landau playing Bella Lugosi. Oh, my God. You, that, uh, that killed me. <laughs> All right, let's shoot this. I can't say the next word. <laughs> <laughs> but Martin Landau won Best Supporting Actor for playing Bella Lugosi. And he wow. Did, and, he did, and he deserved every, every award he got, every accolade he got for playing that role because he is hysterically funny. Oh, what a guy. Was, now, so you've seen it, right, Tom? I've seen a bit of it. I've not seen all of it. Uh, it's a bit of a cop-out of an answer, but I have seen a bit of it. You owe it to yourself to watch the whole thing. It I, is right up your alley. I really trust me. do. I really do. Just the whole scene with the giant octopus is, is both oh depressing and, and hilarious at the same time. When he realizes just how far his life has fallen. You know, I turned down Frankenstein. He has to go and fight the octopus. It's like, how do I turn it on? Well, someone just placed the motor. So when you get in there and fight with him, shake his legs, wrestles, 
So it appears you're killing him. <laughs> <laughs> and he realizes just how bad it's gotten for him. Just this poor old man hooked on heroin. It's, it's depressing, and he goes off on a rant. And like, like, Bella, I've already seen the shoot tonight. Oh, sorry, don't, I, won't, I won't slug it down. He gets in, and he does it as told. Ah, he's shaking his legs around. <laughs> it looks so Oh, spoken. my God. So fake. And, and then Johnny Depp goes, and cut. That was perfect. <laughs> Beautiful. <laughs> oh, God bless that movie. Now, speaking of bad acting, <laughs> this next. Now, there's a segue. Nice. Remember when. <laughs> remember when Matthew was telling us how you and him are kind of bidding farewell to Davy Boy Smith on the SmackDown reviews? Which is a perfect time because now he's showing up back on the Raw reviews. Absolutely. So this felt quite special. What an entrance for Davy Boy Smith on the Raw reviews. I feel like I feel like, um, and, and this is this will be a polarizing example. I feel like I've just actually no, it won't because I'm going to do a different one. I feel like I've just finished Frasier, and I'm now just discovering Cheers. <laughs> that's the best way so, to describe this like uh, my favorite comedy, i'm too young my favorite comedy's end so basically i'll tell you what here's, here's an example sid will get it's like sid it's like i've just finished big bang theory and now i'm watching young sheldon gotcha gotcha in the sense that we are seeing origins of of people that we love to watch Okay, okay, that makes sense. So Bulldogs just finished this time on, on, on the timeline that myself and Matthew were exploring, SmackDown in 2000. And literally, just as he is has, has been sent to rehab in 2000, here he is, pre-rehab, massive. Oh, it's like it was timed. Exactly, looking like beef jerky in 1994. He, he, he it did look like beef jerky. Just, this was divine intervention in that sense, and by God, we need an intervention. Oh. <laughs> um, so it's Davy Boy Smith on King's Court, and Lawler makes a million and one horrible dog jokes. I think he makes more than that. Oh, uh, yes. So, so Boyle comes out with Pyro, and Vince, <laughs> in, in a true Vince moment, goes, The Rockets, Red Glare! He's from the UK. Yeah, Vince. that made no sense. The rocket's red glare. He should have. He should have said, "God save our gracious." <laughs> <laughs> should, he should, he well, could have sang "London Calling" by the Jam. As if Vince even knows who the hell the Clash are. Or oh, the Clash even. Don't I call it the Jam? <laughs> I, I doubt Vince even knew he was from the UK. He's like, "Oh, it's America! Yay!" <laughs> <laughs> He's going to sing the song from Team America, World Police. What you guys even know what that is either? Here's the thing, right? This, this is what I'm pissed off from the beginning because Jerry Lawler is Drew Jerry Lawler. This is like the return of the Bulldog. This is the British Bulldog's like proper return to the WWF. And as he's walking mm-hmm. out to the ring, you've got Jerry Lawler in the ring going, "Here, boy! Here, boy! Here, here!" It's now it's funny objectively, but when you've got this guy returning. And you're just making him look like an ass. Could you imagine, like... I'll tell you what it's like, right? Imagine this happening with Steve Austin returning from injury in 2000. And having, like, a having like a, a middle-level manager just inviting him into the ring and just taking the piss out of him. And then Austin getting... Not stunnering him at the end. 
and the guy just mm-hmm. leaving. Yeah. That's a fair point. Or it could be like, can you imagine? Like, let's say Christian came back to WWE at one point, <laughs> and he makes his entrance, and the commentators are so wooden and underwhelmed that they just blow the whole thing. Can, like, can you imagine that actually happened? Oh, mate, that'd be terrible if they just said something like, it's Christian. We haven't seen him in a bit. Like he's come back from the shops. Here, here comes Christian, and at the tone, the time will be <laughs> 5.14pm. This moment just got instantly classic. Fast forward five years when it actually does happen. Well, that did happen. Oh, oh, it did happen? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yes. Yeah, I'll, I'll just, I'll, I'll be over here. No, no, yeah, come on. I'm, I'm stupid. You know, I'm, I'm glad that you didn't see it first time around because it may be really sad. So I'm actually very glad that you didn't know that happened. Todd when, Grisham. When was it? 2009, early 09. That's why. Because I didn't, because we didn't, we didn't start watching wrestling until SummerSlam 2009. Okay. To put it mildly, Tom, Todd Grisham makes Tom Phillips look like Mauro Ranallo. Oh, boy. <laughs> Accurate. I must look this up later. He was basically a science class skeleton in the suit. Um, so, Bulldog, so Lawler, he goes on and on with uh, his jokes. Savage actually gets stopped by Vince at one point. And he says, I hope Bulldog raises a leg on Lawler. And Vince stops like, because apparently you can't make pee jokes on the show because it's it's too risque. Can't do that. Honestly. So Davey just stands there and, and takes Lawler's brutal barbs, including a line, including a joke that ends with the phrase, used cur a lot, which got dead silence. That was a as crap something horrible, joke, though. That's why. <laughs> and as if something terrible had happened and everyone just like standing there with, with mouths agape. So Lawler mentions Diana, which finally gets Bulldog to like, you know, kind of spring into action a little bit. And so we get <laughs> Bulldog. Bulldog has to shout every sentence. <laughs> which, which, it's very, which why I it's love very him. kind that you call them sentences. <laughs> Bulldog is like a kid in a fourth grade play. Right. Um, he is. Oh God, that is incredibly accurate. That is incredibly accurate. Jesus Christ, I can't defend my countryman here. He is awful. <laughs> He is awful. Now, I do a, I do a semi not good impression of you, but if you'll allow me here, I have to write, I have to recite what I wrote here in in, in my best bulldog voice possible. Oh dear. It's only five words, so if you if you feel indulge me, you're very funny, Jerry Lola. (laughs) Not bad, Mancunian accent, that. With the naturalness. And subtlety of a tectonic plate shifting. So if Pangea broke apart in like one yeah. move, just boom. <laughs> so, you know, I wonder if anybody noticed. Whole, whole world's in Armageddon. It's like, gee, I wonder if. Uh, anyway, so Bulldog uses the pooper scooper line. Oh my god! And all I can think of is, <sighs> oh god. Oh god, Vince has had this problem for years. <laughs> we really didn't know that. I'm pretty sure we know that by now. <laughs> it's funny, comments it's poop. I pointed at, at that point. I pointed at the screen, making the same face that Donald Sutherland made at the end of um, Invasion of the Body Snatchers. Just like because I'm thinking like the Moxley, Moxley, he talked about this. It was Body Snatchers, right? Yes, it was. Yeah. 
I just dropped like, my like, phone. <laughs> she was that yeah. shocked with the body snatchers reference. Sydney dropped her phone. <laughs> yes. Yes, she made the same face as Sutherland. <laughs> can I um, so, can I quote what Bulldog ends this this random this ramble with? Please. <laughs> right, because the next week he's fighting Neidhart. We find out. Mm-hmm. And to quote, it's not going to be the worst decision of my career. It's going to be the best decision of my World Wrestling Federation career because I'm coming to the top next week on Monday Night Raw. What are you talking about? English, you, do you speak you it? Mentalist. <laughs> it's like you just words fall out in any order. There's no panic. They're just they're spilling out of his mouth and he can't control it. <laughs> oh, he's bizarre. Do you know what it's like you know how um, how infamously like Owen Hart's promos were great? but it was because he built them around, like, two bullet points. Mm-hmm. I wonder whether Bulldog has the same process, but he just forgets the bullet points. He remembers, so, he remembers one, and then the other one, it's like, oh, my God. I'll keep talking until <laughs> I remember it. <laughs> and that's why, in grade seven, I beat up the school bully. And then, and then... We made up and we went to the arcade together. And uh, oh yeah, right. Um, Shawn Michaels, you're an asshole. I'm going to RAW. <laughs> <laughs> so then I found my keys because I couldn't find them for an hour. I misplaced them. And it becomes tangential fun. But what I love is is that the power of the bulldog and the power of the bulldog's promos in particular. Uh, the the power around them is so strong that it pulls mm-hmm. other people in. Like the most infamous one is that kid who who uh, uh, SummerSlam '92 says the Bulldog's gonna win whether he wants to or not. Like Bulldog's bollocks, like it it kind of <laughs> travels through the air like pollen and just infects people. Those two are kindred spirits. <laughs> they really are. And I feel like if you're around the Bulldog, you just start talking by shouting. And in in sentences with no real structure. Now getting to this point, I was excited when Bulldog came back because I'm like, okay, a damn good in ring wrestler. So there's no, he can boost these shows by having enjoyable enough matches. I remembered, oh yes, he's, he's gonna cut promos too. <laughs> I forgot he has to talk. Uh, then when he's during he's cutting while he's cutting the promo, just some people and like. Uh, come in and put him in a white jacket and start dragging him off, and he's just continuing on with his tangent about his his time in the grocery store. Yeah, pretty much. So finally, Nightheart arrives, mercifully, because someone's got to, of all people who, who are going to be the border collie for this segment and pull everything together and keep things organized, here comes the anvil. So Nightheart, he complains about Bulldog being at SummerSlam, he says, you're not one of the heart kids. You shouldn't have been there. Now, at that point, Bulldog should have sprung in and pointed out, well, you're not one of the heart kids either because he would have had a point. So why were you there in Owen's corner at SummerSlam? But no, that point never gets brought up. No, not at all. Now, Bulldog, like, he misses the exit so many times. So he, so finally, so Nightheart challenges Bulldog for next week. Bulldog is... um. He enunciates something which I assume is an accepted challenge. He, and he, he looks right at the camera and goes, I'm part of the new generation, while looking right into the lens, as if he's getting like a $100,000 bonus if he says that. I think he must do. Just to make sure he sa- <laughs> says it nice and clear. 
So then Bulldog song kicks up. Hail Britannia, the Royal Britannia, I believe it's called. Am I right? Royal Britannia, yeah, you're fine. Royal Britannia, and uh, and they keep talking. Nightheart keeps talking. Then Boyle keeps talking. It's like, God, you know, Vince was begging for a commercial with his uh, cough button on. <laughs> like, I like, got him off. And that was that. What a what a way to bring Bulldog back. <laughs> I know. It was Shockmaster-esque in its execution. It was something... Where you never forget the entrance. (laughs) Next week, Vince plugs Alundra Blaze and Heidi Lee Morgan versus Buna Kano and Luna Vashan. He he gives it the necessary dignity, and Savage goes, A four-way cat fight! Real, real! Pretty standard. Four-way cat... I'm so glad that we'll be on that. I was waiting for Savage to say, like, it's going to be a Jello wrestle match. We'll bull eat all the Jello first. <laughs> Thank God he didn't go there. So this show is so bad at this point that we have to we have to cleanse our palate with stuff from last week. I eat Bob back when beating up Luigi and Frito, which I could watch over and over again. It's the best segment in probably months on this show. Probably since the Brett Kid match. We find out that Lou had a slight shoulder separation, but he'll be okay. One, two, three, kid versus Kenny David. Oh, Kenny David looks like I, I, I can't find much about him, but he looks like he's probably a really good heel locally. <laughs> I wouldn't say that. No, <laughs> I, probably not. Um, I wrote he looks like a roadie for Leonard Skinnerd. <laughs> I mean, he does look a little bit hirsute and a little bit floppy in the wrong places. And Vince does highlight that on commentary, which is fun. Uh-huh. He comments on his Porsche physique and goes, he needs to work on his cardiovascular conditioning. <laughs> yeah, like Bulldog does with uh, his beef jerky physique, as we've pointed out. Yeah, Vince is like, well, huh? I was found not guilty, so you know, back to business. <laughs> Where's Jim Powers? Let's bring him back. So Kid is having, like, Kid can work with anybody. Kid can hold any match together. He's struggling a bit here with Kenny David. Kenny David has all the coordination of, well, Bulldog cutting a promo. Uh, so it's during this match that Bob Backlund comes out with a present for Randy Savage. Gift wrapped and everything. Hands it to him and leaves. Kid's just chopping the hell out of Kenny David. Probably annoyed with him for, for being out of place or something. Vince actually reads the note that's on the package because I guess Savage has a problem with live reads so Vince is going to do it for him. It says, Dear Randy, because of your comments last week, I have procured a dictionary so you can interpret my discourse for all the plebeians. Sincerely, Bob Backlund. I love this. Backlund bringing out a dictionary. <laughs> was a great... Oh, yes. it's, like Backlund just, just bumps up this show just by appearing in this little segment. Yeah, Bob Backlund's going to carry this show for the next at least two months. <laughs> Kid misses a corner drop kick. Kenny David takes over with something that vaguely resembles offense. We have a corner charge in this match. You know, David sends Kid across, and he charges in, and David starts slowing down for some reason, as if he's waiting to be kicked in return. <laughs> but it looks so threadbare and fake. Like, 
Okay. Simpsons reference alert. Remember when Bart was Mr. Burns' heir? And Burns insisted that, you know, I can be your schoolyard chum. Let's go outside and play. So they're playing football. And, of course, Burns is dressed as like a 1920s football player. He goes to kick the ball. And after, like, one step, he's out of breath. And he's, like, staggered up to the ball, kicks Smithers in the face. That was Kenny David's speed. <laughs> so Savage is summoned through the dictionary while Kid finishes with a flying leg drop. And, and we probably won't see Kenny David anymore on this show, I would imagine. So I'm just, yeah, he just seems like, I, I feel like this is a one and done for him. But I don't know, I got this vibe about him that, like, he wrestled locally and he was, like, a very disliked heel. But this is just felt out of his depth. Well, he, he probably was disliked by the people he had to work with. Because <laughs> when, when when Sean Waltman can't hold a match together with you in it, it ain't happening. True. Very true. <laughs> Waltman's Mr. Trusty, the guy you can always rely on to get a watchable TV match out of, and this was rough. Sorry, Kenny. And then we come to this next bit, which I do not remember whatsoever. I had no idea what was going on here, and I loved it. <laughs> the, the first line I wrote was, who the hell is this dude? I put, who is the dull guy in the glasses? <sighs> so, we have like this event center set. We have this guy behind the desk who looks like basically Richard Belzer with a more 1994 hairstyle speaking in kind of a monotone talking about was it seismic activity or monster activity or monster something monster activity monster it'd be a good name for a TV show monster activity <laughs> so then we hear these thudding footsteps boom boom and all of a sudden the guy looks up and he's horrified because there's giant ass King Kong Bundy standing next to him <laughs> he, he picks it <laughs> he, he picks it <laughs> Yes, yes, King Kong Bundy. Um, apparently we're on Kong Island. <laughs> Skull Island, whatever the hell it was called. King Kong Bundy apparently ate this guy. <laughs> Won't lie. He looked like he was very happy. <laughs> he looks delighted about it. Won't lie, <laughs> this was hilarious. <laughs> what should have happened at the end of this bit was Bundy picked him up and made the face. And he goes, who the hell are you? <laughs> Yeah, Sean Mooney. Here's the thing, right? The thumbnail. The thumbnail for this show is that Undertaker doing Cornette face. It should have been this. Because, well, that would have got me to tune in to Bundy eating a guy. Exactly. I'd have been there in a heartbeat. I mean, I'm happy to see King Kong Bundy, but what the hell was this? Oh, man. I also want King Kong Bundy to legit be that big when he debuts. I want him to wrestle yes, like, in, and be that big. All of his matches are just him stomping somebody a la the Monty Python foot. Yeah. I, um, I've had a thought on this. And I... Okay. I can't... It's, it's, it's a bit like trying to... It's a bit like trying to un- unravel spaghetti. But... <laughs> okay. I think the point they were trying to make with this, with the... like. It was obviously meant to be the old WWF because it was the old logo, mm-hmm. an old set, like a like an old looking announcer talking dull. Because obviously anything after anything before nineteen ninety four is crap. 
This is the new generation. It's brilliant. So we need to find a reason to make people care about somebody from the old crap generation. And here's how you make them care. Because they're so big and monstrous, they just destroyed the old generation. And now they're coming for the new generation. I think that's what we were going for here. We're like one week short of Vince beating up a cardboard cutout of Hogan with a baseball That's bat. That's basically where we're going. That's where we're leading. Here's to. what I think of you. Da, 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 da. He gets dragged off here by stagehands, runs back on, and keeps beating it up again. <laughs> but I think that's what it was. I think it was King Kong Bundy destroying a piece of the old WWF in destroying this, in, in picking up this set and, and being on with it. I think that was him destroying the old WWF, and now he's part of the new generation, so it's all right. Sid, what do you think of King Kong Bundy? Uh, I mean that that segment, I was just very confused. Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's I, I mean it's cool. I'm guessing he was in like the he he was in the older generation, and now it's like oh he's coming to the new generation. Or is this like his first ever debut? No, this he was part of the old guard. He was he was in, he worked he worked the first three WrestleManias, rather okay. fancy too. In fact, okay, he, he, so he headlined Mania two with Hogan inside a steel cage. Gotcha, gotcha. So he so he's basically just like returning, but mm-hmm. now it's like I'm in the new generation. So he also expedited the death of a midget wrestler named a Little Beaver at Mania three. Biking oh him with goodness. an elbow drop, and apparently Beaver had health problems for years after that as a result, and passed away not long after this segment aired. Not actually. Wow. Unfortunately. So, um, yeah, Bundy's back. The guy from the eighties, <laughs> new generation. But the old was crap, so Bundy's destroyed it. <clears throat> yeah, we're, we're gonna bring in the old guys like 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 friggin' blackjack brawl with you know Mulligan hanging around and. All, all those old guys are from the old days, like Snooka and like. No, we're the new generation. Here's King Kong Bunny and David <laughs> Smith. So, Action Zone is coming. Tom, are you excited? Not on the network, but are you excited? Anymore? Oh, heck yeah! Like it's all about the action, less talk. This is this this is directly done to 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 dig at the uh, NFL for having a talk show on a Sunday night. So they're going less talk, more action, basically. What they should have done was put the spot right after Davey's promo. <laughs> oh, I just want like an hour of Davey talking on the action zone. Just riffing. Just, just riffing. Just have, just have him reading Robert Frost poems. <laughs> That'd be amazing. Co- coffee shop Davey boy. John? So now we come. <laughs> yes, please. That coffee one I want to say. Davey boy. Thank you very much. We now come to the real main event of the show, the legitimate main event, because there are three stars in this match, and Bob Starr is not one of them. Shawn <laughs> Michaels and Diesel, the tag team champions of the world, versus Bob Starr and future United States champion, who better than Chris Canyon? Oh my god, this was amazing! Canyon! Chris Canyon. On WWF Raw! A.K.A. Mortis. 
<laughs> now, at this point, he was working as a physical therapist whilst sort of trying to get a full-on foothold into wrestling. He was doing bits of it, but this was uh, probably the biggest match of his career so far. Before that, he wrestled under a mask as Mortis, who was kind of like a Mortal Kombat-style character with a, with a skull face, which, which is a really cool look. He um, had a ton of amazing offense, just a, just a great wrestler in general, reliable guy. But unfortunately, he had some personal demons, and he unfortunately committed suicide in 2010, which, 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 which kind of why he's a bit lost to history in some ways. But he gotcha. um, always happy to see Kenny because he's he's always someone that you can always always trust in the ring. Entertaining cool. as hell. Although he was still finding his way here, he eventually joined a, a tag team in WCW called Men at Work with a partner named Mark Starr, not Bob Starr here, where they were just two construction workers. Thankfully, that was short-lived. Because yeah. here, see, so yes, this is the primordial version of Canyon in pro wrestling, and goddamn, Tom and I were happy to see him. Great! It was one of those moments where I had the I had the show on, and I hadn't really paid attention to uh, the uh, the matches underneath. I just let it roll, and then it was just all right, Chris Canyon. I was like, oh, is that? Oh, it's the Chris Canyon. Oh, okay, <laughs> that's a nice surprise. <laughs> He looks way different here with a with a singlet with like a um, lounge chair cushion design. An underrated short bit hair. of Chris Canyon's career. We've talked about Mortis. We've talked about Innovator of Offense. Um, positively Canyon, where Chris Canyon started <laughs> cosplaying as DDP <laughs> and giving out random Canyon cutters backstage to people. Yes. <laughs> okay then. That was a thing. no matter who they were. Uh, other wrestlers, janitors, crippled children didn't matter. <laughs> So it's during this match that we learned that Samu has left the company. That's a little abrupt, but we have an explanation for why he left coming up a little bit later on. And uh, so Canyon's getting beat up by, D- by Diesel in the corner. and He's selling like a champ. Just off of every barrage trick, every elbow, every, every knee to the gut. Canyon was just, how did Vince not sign him? He's like 6'3", 260 pounds. He looks good. His stuff looks good. Why not? You need it, guys. How did he fall through the cracks? Yeah, he seems like a bit of a loss. I don't know whether I, I can't. I I looked up and there was nothing backstage that suggested, or there was nothing that suggested that he'd upset people backstage. It might have just been a case of like the night Vince wasn't paying attention, so he went out and did his thing, and it just wasn't caught caught by anybody. Who could have had Mortis in the WWF? Amazing. Or it could have sucked. It would have been great. No, it would have been great. Well, he would have been good, but how would they have booked him? Him versus Max Moon. Could have happened. Lutter. John, <laughs> WrestleMania X7, Mortis versus Max Moon. That's a lot of ribbed outfits. <laughs> for, for somebody's pleasure. pleasure. Whose pleasure? Not ours. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob Starr looks nothing like Chris Canyon. In fact, he resembles Papa Stunt. <laughs> Meanwhile, Bob Starr is there. Yes. Vince, Vince says Starr is anything but that. <laughs> Boy, is Vince salty this week. He's being so harsh to all these guys just trying to make a living. He hit, you know, he hit the cough button or mute button or whatever and said the message, who the hell found these jobbers? <laughs> Besides this Canyon fellow. If only, we could, if only there was like a, a previous commentator who we could bring in as a head of who could relate to talent 
That'd be really handy right about now. <laughs> Why can't Italians die and find some other guys who are aerodynamic high flyers <laughs> and, then, and, and then charge them road fare and leave them in the middle of nowhere? <laughs> just but anyway, to them. So, so Sean comes in and Sean, thank God Sean's here because Sean can make any show semi-entertaining by being himself. Vince talks about the women's match next week. He says, they're four of the best women in WWF today. They're the only four, Vince. <laughs> Star gets beaten up for a while, as he should. Diesel jackknifes him. Then then Diesel tags Sean. Sean starts running off the ropes. He's going to hit some big move off one side. Off the other side, Star's not moving. What's Sean going to do? Then Sean just stops and covers him and wins. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. That was funny. A proper troll finish. I loved it. Proper heel finish. Pretty funny. Sean hadn't found God yet, but God bless Sean here. <laughs> so, had it just had it just ended there, that'd have been fine. But no, we got some extracurriculars to get into. Because as Diesel and Sean are celebrating, two men hit the ring. One of whom is Head Shrinker Fatu. And the other is not Samu. No, 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 no. This is Head Shrinker Sioni. What? A.K.A. the Barbarian. <laughs> All of a sudden, we have the we have a new head shrinker, and Savage has to shoehorn the phrase, "That's the cousin, right?" Because <laughs> because something he was instructed to say probably to make sure we we knew we knew the connection to the family. So they start beating the crap out of Sean and Diesel, and also we have we have the new head shrinkers. We go, we go to break, we come back, they have Captain Lou and Alpha with them for an interview at ringside. And Captain Lou, well, first off, he gets the name wrong. He calls him Simone. He's standing right there, his name's Sioni. It's fine. It's, so, it's, we're it's, we're going to get the greatest backstory, whatever his name, in mere moments. <laughs> yes, because we find out why Samo is not here. Captain Lou informs us that Samu ate some raw fish and got sick. Now, Tom, far be it for me to criticize a, a way of writing somebody out, but would they have said he ate raw fish about anyone else on the roster? Like, if if Jeff Jarrett stopped showing up, would they have said Jarrett ate raw fish? No, they wouldn't. That's the bit that baffles me. Like, he's the, the story here, and I've got some notes on this here. Um, He's actually gone. Like, he's properly gone, gone. Uh, Samu yep. and mm-hmm. Timothy Well uh, 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 both no-showed shows in L.A. and Boston. No explanation. What, did he raw fish too? <laughs> well, apparently, well, <laughs> Stephen Dunn is about to come out and tell you and go, Timothy Well, he, he, he ate some more fish, Billy, Billy, Billy. Um, <laughs> go on. Uh, so, so, go on, Brian so, it's, so they're gone. They're like, they're, Vince has said, all right, don't come back, dickheads. See you later. Uh, so, so for some, and those yeah, words. Vince, said, Vince said exactly that. Don't come back, dickheads. So it seems rare for them to explain away where Samu is because they could have got away with just going with 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 uh, Lou Albano just going. Here's Fatu. This is this is Simo. This is the, <laughs> this is this is Simon. Simon, Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> this is Sioni, Billy, Billy, Billy. Cal. Uh, they could have done that and it would have been fine. I would just, and I would have looked up and gone. But then they did the. He spent more time, did Albano, explaining why Samu wasn't there. Just this wonderful claptrap 
about oh, he's eating some bad fish. He he's had to go to a special doctor in Samoa that only they can cure him, and maybe if he gets better, they might bring him back. It was just a, well, that sounds optimistic. It really does. Like it gives you the impression that Samu's coming back at some point, but I, I wouldn't I wouldn't count on it. Yeah, but, Give him a few like, weeks, he'll be right back in the ring. <laughs> but, but I mean, they said, well, if, if he comes better, if he's cured, he'll come back. It's like, if, not when, but if. Usually, is usually like a, like, a, like a celebrity gets cancer or something. They're like, I'm going to come back stronger. I'm going to beat this, live strong, fight strong. All that. Like, if Samu can beat this raw fish salmonella disease, then maybe he'll come back. It's like, that's a little vague. Very, very vague. Utter nonsense. I love all, it. All the little Sam Maniacs out there are not feeling too thrilled at the moment. <laughs> Sam Maniacs. And, and Lou gave him some, like, six-syllable illness name that I didn't even bother writing down because it's – I just, like, rewind it. Like, Hepa Tepa Kappa Lepa. It's like something like something – something you just make up, like, you pull out of your ass. It's just like – you're really going kind of far to explain why this guy's not here. You are you are really really taking a lot of time to tell us that you're not. You said more time talking about about about, his, about our new friend here. That is, there should be more time spent talking about Simon, uh, who uh, yeah. it does explain some of the rumors doing the rounds earlier in the month regarding the return to the WWF of the Barbarian. Uh, it was Meltzer picked up on some hot rumors that the Barbarian was coming back in and. And admittedly, as I've said a few times on this podcast, this wasn't an era that I watched the WWF. I was I was tuned out as a wrestling fan at this point. So for me, I'm discovering a lot of this first time round. So I remember reading that thing about the Barbarian and going, oh, that's funny. The Bundy, Barbarian, bring all the old boys back. Anyway, Barbarian doesn't come back. And then when the head shrinkers hit the ring, I go, of course he came back. There he is. There's the Barbarian. <laughs> Except he's and not. He's Simon. Yes, yes, he's a he's Simone Biles. <laughs> New head shrinkers, baby. So, so this is going on, and Diesel's trying to hit the ring, and Sean's trying to hold him back, which is hilarious. And Sean's hanging off him completely Diesel's... throughout this whole bit. It's brilliant. It's like Diesel's trying to pull off a wet coat. <laughs> <laughs> Sean's getting thrown to and fro, and Diesel is mad with it. Matter than a wet hen, as they say. <laughs> and that's how the show goes off the year. Vince plugs Nightheart and Davy Boy. And that is it for this show. And actually, we do have a little bit of a, of a ditty to get to, do we not? We do indeed. He is back once again with the ill behavior. In fact, I think Sydney, our special guest, should do the honors of introducing our, <laughs> uh, our, our, our musical accompaniment today. Well, she might know him. She might have heard of him. <laughs> so, uh, in a in a memoriam for our great Samu and his <laughs> poor poor foodborne illness of eating fish, we have Mr. Strummerwitz with his memoriam to Samu. Enjoy. When Captain Lou broke the news, it cut us like a. The time who dined on yellowfin that wasn't even cooked. Our hearts don't bleed for Samuel, we'll never be the same. Captain so broken up, he couldn't learn Sioni's name. 
Let this be a lesson to us all, every grown-up and child. You can't just eat whatever you find out among the wild. Cooking kills bacteria and keeps us living clean. You don't say. It's 94 and we can't afford to lose another team. Sioni was on speed dial But what if Tom Pritchard Starts puking a bile Who else could fill in To team with Gigolo We can't put a halo On someone like Bigelow And what's one smoking gun Without the other I guess they'll do fine They're not even brothers They're not even brothers But still Duos are rare, coming at a premium So cook your damn fish if you keep on eating them We don't need the click contracting foodborne illness Though it's preferable to padding gills shrillness So when it comes to fish and meat, avoid consuming raw Cause consuming raw was Tom and Justin's downfall. Well, we can't we can't lose in tag teams at this point because we have none left. <laughs> we'll just keep going to the old garden. Pretty soon it's going to be, you know, it's going to be like Bob Holly and Chief J. Strongbow winning the tag belts. <laughs> the Native Americans. But, but spoiler. <laughs> well, they are both from America. Exactly. <laughs> But spoiler alert, Samu is okay and is doing well in real life. He's one tough individual. Exactly. He's just not on Raw anymore. Thankfully, he's fine. <laughs> um, it's probably for the best mm. at this point. So, uh, that was Raw for this week. Thank you to Stromowitz for the song all about this week's Raw. Sydney, did you enjoy Raw this week? Uh, I enjoyed being on it. Uh, on the, um, on, on this episode, but um, I don't... I. Just say no if you didn't yeah, like I don't it. It's kn- fine. <laughs> I didn't like the beginning. The ending got better. It got better as it went along. Yeah. yeah. Thanks to Bob Starr. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's fine. And Captain Lou. That's fine. You don't, you don't have to like Billy, it. Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> you don't have to like it, Billy, Billy, Billy. It's absolutely fine. Until next time we are together. Uh, incidentally, before we do go... Justin Henri is taking a little vacation on Tuesday, aren't you, Just? I am. Oh, that's traveling. That's right. I am. I am. Oh yes, because um, because WWE has instituted the brand to brand invitation here in 2020, <laughs> which, which is not at all like a wild card rule. No. I am going to be invited. I'm inviting myself to the SmackDown Classic review. Where I will be helping Mr. Campbell here and Mr. Matthew Gregg as we do a live watch along of No Way Out 2000. The Hell in a Cell for Mick Foley's career uh, will be discussed at length and laughed at at loud uh, by myself, Justin Henry and Matthew Gregg. You'll be able to hear that on Tuesday on the Cultaholic podcast feed. Until then, I'll see you in the future, Justin. See you in the future, Tommy. And I'll see you in the present, uh, Sydney. Give us a plug and tell us... Where people can find you. 
You can find me on Twitter at SAZoomer4. You can find me on Instagram at the same thing. I don't really post much. Um, and uh, you can find me on the Discord. I'm just Sydney S on Cultaholic Discord. The little nice little yellow name. But yeah, that's about it. Beautiful. Uh, <laughs> with a nice little yellow name. Yeah, my, my name's yellow. Like... All of our names are yellow. Oh, because you yes, I get it now. Because you're special. Cause you are the special. Well, you guys are special too. Well, well, we we know that we've been told that for years. <laughs> now, nah, my mom made a point to tell me I'm not special. He is at Justin Henry <laughs> JRH writing on Twitter. She is at SA Zuber on Twitter. SA Zuber four on Twitter. I am at Tom Campbell on Twitter. Together, we are at Cultaholic on Twitter. Don't forget to join us. Billy, 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 Billy. Love you, bye. <laughs> Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. For all the wrestling headlines in just 10 minutes, search Cultaholic Wrestling News on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts from. 